Welcome to Junior Doctors Corner, the podcast that helps medical students and junior doctors like yourself not only survive but thrive in your careers. We cover topics including doctor well-being, career, and life outside of medicine. My name is Dana and I am your host for this podcast. Are you ready for a healthy dose of support, motivation, and inspiration? Then let's start this episode stat. Hey guys, hope you all have been well. Um, This whole COVID-19 thing has been a bit of a downer, I'm not going to lie. I've been a little bit anxious myself, but I thought that this episode might be really helpful for those of us who in general are not feeling um, very confident when it comes to our own clinical practice. Um, We're talking about the topic of imposter syndrome. So if you think you might have it or you have no idea what it is, um, this is the episode for you. Otherwise, I hope you guys are keeping healthy and well. For those of you who are new to the podcast, we have a community Facebook group. This podcast episode was already available for more than a month now in that group. So if you want to access some exclusive content or get you know, an early listen for some podcast episodes, please join us over on Junior Doctors Corner Community Facebook group. I'll see you there. Hi, Jocelyn. Uh, Thank you so much for coming back onto Junior Doctors Corner podcast. You're welcome. It's good to be back and see you this time in face-to-face, so to speak. Yes. So um, today's topic is going to be on imposter syndrome. So something that um, you work with um, some, I think, I believe some doctors or other people with. Um, So can we start off with what exactly is imposter syndrome and how is it different to having low self-confidence? Okay, so that's an excellent question. And before I answer that, I just want to say that, yes, I'm working. Lots of doctors have been coming to me to work through feelings of low confidence and imposter syndrome from junior doctors and registrars through to people with fellowships and even if they've had fellowships for five or ten or more years. So it seems to be something that's occurring across the spectrum of doctors and but we don't have that much there's not that much data about it so anything that I say is really anecdotal okay at the moment because not much has been published so that's just some background okay so imposter syndrome was first described in 1978 um, as a, a syndrome where somebody felt a lack of confidence and felt that they were a fraud and pulling kind of the wool over somebody else's eyes that they weren't really qualified to be doing a certain job, despite evidence to show that they actually are competent and qualified and, you know, they may have won awards and whatever, there's all this objective evidence, they're fantastic, but their self-belief is at odds with that. Hmm. Okay. And um, is this different to, say, being um, very self-critical or very anxious well I think it's all related I think I think look again there's not that much research but some shows that there is a tendency for some personality styles to get this more so like a more of a neurotic kind of personality style and certainly someone with perfectionistic tendencies 
is more likely to experience this. But again, there's, there's hardly any studies right. on this. Okay. So it's we can't be definitive, but I think certainly those feelings of feeling like you're not good enough, whether or not it's triggered by anxiety, certainly itself can trigger anxiety. It's I hear lots of people that they will go home from work ruminating and worrying that they made a mistake and worry, 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 and I'm not good enough mm. and maybe that I shouldn't be here and maybe the other doctor in the next room, maybe they should be the ones that are here and that's okay. sort of. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I know you've already gone through some of the stuff, the the common sort of thought patterns that um, right. people with imposter syndrome seem to, you know, suffer with. I was just wondering if you could give us any more examples. Sure. So th- this is, again, drawn primarily from the work I'm doing. So again, it's anecdotal. But things like um, one thing that's common is comparing yourself to other people. So I hear it all the time. They look so confident. They know what they're doing. I could never live up to what they're doing. How come I feel like this when they're so good? So there's this comparison with others where judging another person by something external but judging yourself by what's internal. So it's not even a fair comparison at all because you can never see the internal of another person and you never know how you're coming across to someone else. So you judging looking at two separate things and drawing a line between them it doesn't actually make sense to do that so that's one thing I hear a lot mm-hmm. another one is just worrying what someone else would think so this is one quite common in anyone in independent practice well if the other doctor saw how I was writing my notes or if they saw what I was doing in my room like it's just so shameful to think about that because if only they would see I would be exposed Clearly that this other doctors all know something. All the other doctors know some secret that I've missed out on and they're all doing it better than me. Another one is just the fear of I'm going to get it wrong. Mm. Like I'm not good enough. I, you know, yeah, I passed my exams, but that doesn't mean anything and I'm just not going to know the critical fact when the critical fact is there to be known and so that kind of thing. And another kind of thought style is this feeling that everything is my responsibility if Mm. something goes wrong that's because I didn't check the results and I didn't do this and I didn't do that and that the total responsibility for any health outcome is on this one individual doctor I see that quite a lot that there's that sort of assumption that okay if if something bad happens it must be my fault so there's an assumption of Assumption of guilt almost, even when things can go wrong for all sorts of reasons, is an automatic, it must have been something I did wrong. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, those would probably be the commonest types of things. Yeah, okay. Um, there's something that you said there that kind of resonated with me. Um, I, you mentioned it briefly about... Um, you know, gaining qualifications or achievements and right. then mm, sort of almost dismissing it. Um, I've heard this sort of mentioned to me a couple of times because I have sometimes brushed off things that I have done or achieved. Um, 
and saying that, oh, it's nothing, you know, I don't really feel anything, not really celebrating my successes. Is that something that you see in a lot of other junior doctors? Yep. I see it in senior doctors as well. Um, But, yes, that dismissing of I passed my exams. In fact, I won an award, but I still don't know what I'm doing. If somehow that was a fluke. It was just a flip. I just studied the right things. They just asked me the right questions. But I don't really, like, so there's a, a cognitive disconnect between the facts. The facts are the exams are really, really hard to get through. Nobody just flukes getting through the exams. That, that's not a realistic thought at all. Right. So, so what's realistic is that you studied really hard. You know quite a lot of things and you knew it well enough to pass the exam and that whoever's setting the exam has determined that that's a minimum safe standard. So the objective is you're meeting a minimum safe standard, but the internalised is all I'm seeing is all the things I didn't know. Hmm. So it's a little bit like if someone who comes home from school and they get 99% on their math test and all they're worrying about is the 1%. All they can see is the 1% they didn't get and that somehow tarnishes everything else of the 99 that they did get. Mm. Okay. Well, now that we kind of established I may have imposter syndrome like a lot of (laughs) other junior doctors and senior doctors, is there a cure? Can we be fixed or are we doomed? (sighs) well, is it, well, um, it's an interesting question because I don't believe it's an illness. I think it's actually, and the more I read about it and learn about it and talk to people, I actually think it's a normal developmental stage Okay, that we all kind of go through when we're sitting on the edge of learning new stuff because learning new stuff, when we're in training, we're learning new stuff all the time. That's what being in training is. But learning is uncomfortable because it faces us with the edge of what we know and what we don't know. And so always stepping out into the edge of what we don't know. Mm. And so it feels uncomfortable because you, you never get relief really from that. There's always something new. So that's just learning. But if you can feel that tension as and interpret it as because I'm feeling tension, that means I'm bad is a misinterpretation of, Learning new things is, has tension in it because you didn't know it before and now you're learning it. And so there's that normal discomfort of learning. Mm-hmm. Like if we can bring it back to a simpler example, like learning to drive a car, for example, you know, if you can remember when you first get in and you've got to turn a corner, you have to really concentrate on how I've got to turn the corner and you have to integrate all these different tasks in your mind of you need to indicate, you need to check all your mirrors and blind spots, you need to then slow down into the corner, you need to turn the steering wheel and then you need to accelerate out of the corner. So you've got doing all of those things and then when you're first learning to drive, it's really hard work to do that. You're like thinking it through and then you might practice it 2,000 times and eventually you jump in the car, drive a corner and it feels really, really easy. Yeah. But all of that time when it was hard work didn't mean you were turning corners badly. It just meant that you were learning it. You had to think it through and when it was effortful. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, it, it, so it's like that point of things being effortful because they're new doesn't mean you're bad at it. It means you're perfectly competent but you're still learning to master it. So it's being a, like a reinterpretation of an emotion involved in learning. 
I love that. Yes, I love that analogy. I've never heard of that before. And it just makes so much sense now. Awesome. So were you cured? (laughs) Were you really sick? It's a developmental (laughs) thing. (laughs) I'm telling you. (laughs) Well, um, so please share with us um, a bit more about the group program. I, I, from my understanding, it is a group program that you run for your clients for imposter syndrome. Yeah, sure. So the group came about because probably around half of my clients are GPs and they tell me that they feel really, really isolated and that they don't have a support network necessarily to scaffold this learning. So, you know, when you're in the hospital, there's a team, there's lots of people around. And when you're a registrar, there's a supervisor. But once you're in independent practice, there's this sort of void of support. So they were also telling me, gee, it would be good to have a support network. So I decided then to, to trial it out. Well, what, would it, what could it look like having a group of people together all with similar kind of questions and challenges and see if we could get a group dynamic going mm-hmm. to really develop peer support mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. So, so, yes, so... I've started it. Um, I did a few groups last year and I learned quite a lot of lessons myself on what worked and what didn't work. And so now I'm sort of doing group version two um, this year. And so it's it's one session every month. So it's 90 minutes every month and we get together and we have fun. And it's going to be fun. And, you know, and then come, come up with some kind of homework homework, some fun activity to to reflect over during the month and then we come back together and debrief and do some more exercises and practice things and then roll on to the next. Is there any like um, little take-home sort of advice or tip that um, you have for junior doctors if they currently can't access your program just to help them in the meantime? Yeah, well, first of all, anyone can come individually for coaching, which is a lot more flexible because I can then fit in with your schedule. Obviously, a group has to be a fixed time, and so that's Mm. a limiting thing. Mm. So first, anyone who really wants um, to explore this is is welcome to come individually. But in general, a point, is to keep a success log. So when we do reflections in medicine, we're always thinking what went wrong? What went wrong and how will I fix it next time? And that's a really useful thing to be thinking because it's how we grow and how we prevent errors. But it it lends a very negative flavour because I'm always focused on the negative. So it's really important to balance that, to bring some positive vision into that and say, well, okay, this went wrong today, but actually this, 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 and this went right. And then to go, well, notice what went right and, well, how come? Why did it go right? What was my contribution to Mm. it going right? So it might be, you know what, I listened to my patient really well and, Mm. and and so I'm starting to then get a better sense of my strengths and, what I'm doing well and it's not all just oh I made another mistake I made another mistake and I made another mistake it's actually building up the things you're good at because then Mm. you can use them in an intentional way without it just sort of being subliminal Mm. 
bring bring what you're good at into conscious awareness and then you can use what you're good at to address the weaknesses mm. so it starts to it's a really rewarding thing to do most doctors well just about every client I have is required to do something like that mm-hmm. and mostly I get amazing feedback that was such a useful thing to do so I would suggest as a starting point mm-hmm. For junior doctors especially is to think about what you're doing well as well as, Mm. yes, where's my learning edge? Where do I need to grow? What didn't I do so well? You have to do all of that. Just keep it attracted. But look where I've come from. Look at all the things I can do well. Mm. You know, I can, I don't know, wherever you're at in your particular stage of training. That was really helpful. Thank you for sharing that. I imagine in a group setting it would make it, a lot easier for um, your clients to be accountable when you know sort of everyone's sharing their stories and things like that um, and not just skimming past that homework well yeah accountability but I think also validation Hmm. because most people who are kind of struggling with this think they're the only ones they think Everyone, everyone else is confident I'm the only one who's an imposter, but even to the point of everyone else will say that you're an imposter, but I'm the real imposter. But actually just being able to hear other people talk about their stuff is immensely helpful to be able to say, oh, it's not just me. Maybe there isn't something wrong with me. Maybe this is actually a normal part of growth that somehow we didn't hear about before, but I can do with it now. It's it's not an illness. I'm not broken. Mm. Absolutely. And you mentioned earlier about feeling a lot of discomfort when it comes to doing new things. So um, I guess, you know, trying to list and remember things that have gone right and celebrate successes would be very uncomfortable and very new to a lot of junior doctors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, so, we're not good at that. <laughs> That's um, true. Um, do you have any advice, um, you know, on how they can do it without feeling guilty or gloaty? Because I certainly feel that way when I've been told by my therapist or life coach in the past to do this exercise. I've always thought, oh, gosh, like, that's so uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Well, it's true. You're right because in medicine then we do focus on the negative a lot and the positive is like if I say nothing, it's good. So, but this is not about really seeking praise from other people. It's really about recognising in yourself that I got that diagnosis. Like, so rather than going, yay, me, I got that diagnosis, it's being able to go, well, how come? What did I do that enabled me to get there? I listened really well or I even I asked advice or so being able to say not just, yeah, I did it well, but being able to, well, how? How did I do it well? What did I do? I, I centred myself and I relaxed. I got better at relaxing when I didn't know. Whatever, because these things now then become quite personal mm-hmm. when everyone's got their different sticking point. Mm-hmm. But being able to go, you know what? Yeah, I did that. You know, like sometimes a patient will come in and they're the type of patient that trigger you. Yeah. So it's it's being able to go, you know what? I didn't let myself get triggered 
with this patient and yeah. I, I and actually now I'm starting to enjoy working with these types of people or, or whatever it is but being able to just track your success in whatever baby steps it is because that's really about developing a growth mindset that I'm growing and I'm learning new things all the time and there's always new things to learn and as long as I'm a doctor and working there'll be something new to learn so it orientates you to what have I learned and that what was exciting that I learned versus what did I do wrong and I had. So it's a complete orientation shift around seeing the world. Yeah. And I can understand why it feels uncomfortable when we're really not used to doing it. So mm. when I work with people individually, it's really about tailoring that thing to something very specific for them. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, was there any other um, last bit of advice that you have for our junior doctors listening? Uh, advice is to go easy on yourself. This is, is hard work anywhere in medicine. It's hard work, it's high responsibility, there's high stakes, and it is error prone. Like there's no doubt that errors are just waiting to happen. But then we try to build our systems as safe and wonderful, but we're just doing our best in, in it's a hard job. And I think being able to accept that this is a hard job and it's an awesome responsibility, but I'm proud of myself for stepping into that responsibility is I think a useful thing to keep reminding ourselves. This is actually hard. Mm. It, this is not in any sense, easy, not not technically easy and not responsibility-wise easy. It's hard work. Mm. And being able to forgive ourselves for moments of self-doubt, it's all normal when we're in such high-stakes situations. Mm. Thank you for that. Now, I um, it helps. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm sure it will help a lot of junior doctors. Now, it's been a year since we last spoke at our last yeah. um, interview, which is a, actually the most popular episode to date oh, of Junior Doctors Corner. Amazing. Uh, I'm just wondering, um, because it's been a year almost since we last um, did that interview, um, and it, it sounds like you have had a very busy and successful year. I was wondering if you've um, felt like anything's changed in terms of keeping yourself sane in your crazy busy life? Uh, anything changed in keeping myself sane? Um, Since we last spoke. I don't remember what I said last time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Um, I think it's like what I said to you, it's main, about maintaining hope all the time. Even in the hard times, things will get better. They always do. And and being able to hold all the tension a bit more lightly and go, all of this stuff's happening for a reason and I've got this. I might not know immediately how, but I've got the skills to step into it and figure it out. So it's about knowing you can do it but in a different way. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, so, I think so. So it's like I, I want to make a website. Like I've never made a website before, So, but I know that I can figure it out. Mm. I know that one way or another I'll be able to figure yeah. it out. So it's confidence in 
my skills of figuring out. Yes. Not yeah. my skills in website. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm going to, oh, oh, let's say Facebook Live, you know, my yeah. skills in Facebook Live, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get there. Yeah. But it might, it, it might be a bit clunky and, mm. and whatever it is along the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And exercise. I'm doing a lot more exercise than I was last year. Don't oh, really great. Not. Going to the gym. So. Mm. Very nice. Exercise, sleep, standard self-care mm. stuff. Yep. I've certainly let it slip this past year, but I'm getting back into it as well. You know, it's like they keep saying exercise is good. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, actually, it's true. <laughs> I make myself do it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jocelyn. Thank you You're so much for joining welcome. me again. You're very welcome. And um, anyone who has additional questions, I'm going to try my best to answer it on Facebook, but mm-hmm. that's obviously difficult because it's asynchronous. So yes, happy if someone wants to contact me mm-hmm. via email or by Facebook Messenger or yep. whatever. And what, what, would be, what would be the best email address to reach you on? Yeah, uh, well, Jocelyn, J-O-C-E-L-Y-N at mm-hmm. CoachGP which is C-O-A-C-H-G-P dot com dot A-U. Great. And I will be posting it in the notes uh, section as well for the podcast. Yeah. And, of course, if people have a group that they would like to get together and work together, I'm happy to do something bespoke and tailored for that particular group. And, of course, people are welcome to come individually or refer to friends who they think might really benefit. But it works. Sounds, Coaching works. So that sounds great. I might just see if I can uh, pull together some friends. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jocelyn. Okay. Thanks, Dana. On all the best in your thank you. stage of your career. Thank you. Well. Okay. Bye for now. If you really like that episode, please don't forget to leave a review on iTunes to help a sister out. And don't forget to subscribe to our email list so that you never miss an episode.